0: Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of different things that go on in my dad life. Things with my kids, my family, parenting struggles, parenting tips, plus men's health and wellness, as well as a few other topics I find interesting, and I hope you do too. So anyways, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for being here. All right. So the first thing I want to say is old Mr. Raymer here got a job. Well, okay, hold on. Sort of. I sort of got a job. It's a friend of a friend that found out that I like to do stuff, and I like to work on stuff and just do things. And, well, she needed a bunch of help getting a few things fixed around her Indiana farm here, as well as needing some stuff cleaned up and organized in some buildings. Now, I don't typically do just physical labor of cleaning and organizing things for people like this. Like I said, I'm cleaning out an old barn, but friend of a friend, nice lady, she's needing some help, and I'm actually really hoping that this will turn into other work that I can do for her and maybe even do for some other people. She's lived in this area for a long time, So she knows a lot of people, so I'm thinking that this might turn into me being able to kind of work for myself and fix things, fix cars, trucks, whatever, maybe even do a little of the organization as well, maybe it'll lead me into being able to buy stuff and sell stuff and and kind of do that, so that's kind of my plan anyways, that's my grand idea. So yeah, it's not a real 9 to 5 or or anything like that, but it is definitely something that I can do in between taking care of my family and uh, taking care of the kids, running them to school and camps, and and make a little money. So that's kind of cool anyways, I think. So, moving on. Now, I know last week I said I was not going to be doing a show this week. Well, I lied, or at least I got confused because... I forgot that I'm not leaving until next week, so the Dad Classic episodes will start next week. This is a new episode today, and what I want to talk about is, you already know from the title, like I always say, it's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. June is, and I didn't even realize that June was Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. I never knew this. Maybe it's because it kind of gets drowned out a little bit by all the... The June is Pride Month stuff, so maybe that's why we don't hear a whole lot about it. But you know what? Gay guys are men too, so they uh, could benefit from Men's Mental Health Awareness Month as well. Well, anyways, Men's Mental Health... God, that's like a mouthful to say. Anyways, Men's Mental Health Month has been around, or at least been officially a holiday since... 1994 or not maybe not official holiday but it's been recognized since 1994 and I actually think Clinton like wrote something in about it being a holiday or something like that but anyways the basis of it is to focus on raising awareness about men's health issues and encourage men to take proactive steps to improve their well-being pretty simple right and actually according to thriveworks.com this month June it aims to one Raise awareness, shine a spotlight on the unique challenges men face and to address that stigma. Two, encourage men to seek help, to actually not just deal with it, but seek help. Men often face societal pressure, you know, being strong, being silent, being self-reliant, being manly, you know, all that stuff, which can make it kind of challenging for us to reach out and get that help that some of us need. I mean, we don't want to be looked at as weak or like we can't handle something, right? Well, this month puts a lot of emphasis on men reaching out for that support and seeking that professional help when it's necessary. To also provide that self-care that I've talked about in past episodes and to understand that reaching out is a sign of strength. It is not a sign of weakness, okay? And number three, the last one they mention is Men's Mental Health Month aims to address specific issues like depression, anxiety, suicide prevention, and addiction. They say we experience many mental health challenges that are influenced by various factors like societal expectations, cultural norms, and gender roles, kind of like I was talking about being manly and uh, being the strong, silent type, right? The thing is, though, is I think mental health in this country is kind of taboo or maybe not taboo maybe that's not the right word but it's like we just look at it in a way that it's bad or that mental health is like a blemish that nobody wants to talk about right and I think we need to realize men and women that it's okay to talk about those struggles to talk about depression, anxiety, suicide, and even going to therapy. I think we need to be more open about that. I don't know what it is about therapy. It's like the mere mention of it and people whisper like, you're broken or wonder what's wrong with you or what's going on. Why is that person in therapy? It's like this big deal, and it really shouldn't be. We should really normalize it that, hey, I'm talking to someone about my feelings and I'm talking to someone about things that I'm struggling in my life. That really needs to be normalized and not criticized the way that it seems to be. So I found a few facts on mental health that I thought were worth sharing. Some were actually pretty surprising for me. They might be surprising for you as well. Out of 151 million men living in this country, 6 million of them are affected by depression every single year. So 6 million men every year affected by depression. And oftentimes it goes undiagnosed. Men are more likely to report fatigue, irritability, and loss of interest in worker hobbies rather than report feelings of sadness or worthlessness. Those are all things that we don't like talking about. Maybe you don't know why you're angry, but you don't wanna talk about like, oh, like I'm sad or I'm not fulfilled in my life or I feel like I'm not doing anything. So I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Over 3 million men have panic disorder, agoraphobia, which agoraphobia is the fear of being alone outside their own home or the fear of being in crowded spaces, plus other fears related to social situations. And even they talk about super specific ones too. And here's an interesting one, about three and a half million people in the United States are diagnosed with schizophrenia. But 90% of those diagnosed by age 30, are, you guessed it, they're men. So 90% at age 30 are men, that's crazy. And even eating disorders too. 35% of people with binge eating disorders are men. Now, not to make fun of binge eating disorder, but my father-in-law and I used to kind of joke around with each other that we had B.E.D. And we felt like we could just literally eat anything that was set in front of us. Anything that was on the table, we would just devour it. Even if we were stuffed and full and couldn't eat anymore, we'd be like, you know what, let's finish it. Why did we have that thought? I have no idea. We bought a cheesecake one time for a party. And well, after the party was over, and sure, people had cheesecake, but it was one of those big cheesecakes from Cheesecake Factory. You know, it was like nine pounds of cheesecake. is insane. They're huge. They're six inches thick, you know? So after the party was over, there was still a good amount of cheesecake there. Like, I want to say at least half of a cheesecake. So we decided that we would finish the whole thing. And I can't exactly remember if this was in one sitting. I don't think it was. But we ate cheesecake multiple times a day for the next few days. It was like cheesecake palooza. We could not get enough cheesecake, apparently. Well, we burned ourselves out on cheesecake. After that cheesecake was done, we were like, no more, can't do the cheesecake, I, I am done I couldn't look at another cheesecake for probably over a year after that. It was, I don't know, I wrecked myself on cheesecake. But anyways, moral of that story is we used to kind of joke that we had B.E.D. because we could do stuff like that and just put down mass amounts of food. It was wild. Also, with alcohol, there's binge drinking, right? Well, we all know it's not just food that we can binge on. Men are more likely than women to become heavy drinkers and do that binge drinking. And another stat in this article says that about one in five men will develop alcohol dependency during their lives. One in five. Look around you, you know. I know I say that all the time, but one in five. Look around you. Pretty alarming stat, in my opinion. All right, let's talk about suicide for a little bit. Men die by suicide 3.9 times more than women. And I think I've talked about suicide in the past. It might have been on my... Movember mental health kind of talk I did a couple years ago which to tell you the truth Movember doesn't really have anything to do with this June men's mental health month thing they're separate things okay just so we're clear but yeah 3.9 times more than women men die by suicide and white males account for almost 70% of the suicide deaths at least in 2021 it's just Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to really read and and say this stuff out loud because it's happening every day. It's happening around us all the time. But sure, we don't necessarily see it all the time. So it's kind of eye opening that this is out there. Right. And here's another one, too. The rates of suicide increased up until 2018 and then they kind of took a covid dip, and dropped five percent from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. But now here in twenty twenty one, that's as high as this current graph on CDC goes, it's already bumped back up to almost record highs again. So it's like lockdown, everyone was at home, and now all of a sudden, bing, goes right back up again. So I would I would be very curious to see what it is in twenty two and twenty three. I bet it's I bet it's gone higher than eighteen. It's continually climbing, I think. The next stat they talk about here is kind of disturbing. It's one suicide death every 11 minutes in this country as a whole. That's a lot, guys. That's that's a lot. And it's just more the reason that we need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of our mental health. We need to check on those friends, check on those family members, you know, just... Make a phone call. It's that easy. Make a phone call, shoot a text to an old buddy you haven't talked to in a while, reconnect, see how people are doing. That might be the only thing that they need to stop thinking this way and to change their outlook on life. Just that one message, just that one phone call, something super simple like that. So, what does all this mean? Is it just more scare tactics to get us to change our lifestyle and our habits? Maybe. Not really. I mean, facts don't lie, right? Is it just more catchy headlines stating that men can't deal with their emotions and their mental health? Or is it just another blip on the monthly radar for us and we take notice for a second, but then we brush it off and we move on with our lives and and we try to just act like we don't have a problem or we act like it's not a problem. Maybe so, maybe that is kind of a, a thought. However you comprehend it, I do think it's something that we need to really look into, like, like within ourselves, look into. And I know that sounds super corny and kind of cliche, but we really need to take our mental health seriously. I'm just saying, I know that sounds like a just big blanket statement, but we really need to identify when shit's not right and then take those proper steps to, to just do better. So like I talked about last week, guys aren't great at talking about shit that bothers us, right? We're not good at that. What we are good at, though, is boxing up those things and pushing them down, push them down, and not dealing with them, right? Or maybe then those things that we've pushed down and suppressed, they come out in another fashion. Most of the time, not in an ideal way, right? Right? Or even just pushing it somewhere that we forget about it or maybe then we rationalize it and we think it out in our own heads and then we move on. But the reality is none of those things are are healthy. None of those things are really the right way, I don't think. And even though everyone, including me right here, promoting, speaking about it, getting help, you know, seeing a therapist, or just talking about it with your spouse, all that is much easier said than done. Am I right? Maybe that's those societal pressures and those stereotypes like I just mentioned, or maybe we just don't have time for it. We have other things on our minds. We're dealing with and taking care of many different things, so our mental health kind of takes a back seat, right? Got to be in work mode, got to be in make money mode, got to be in get stuff done around the house mode, got to be taking care of the kids more, be in that mode. You know, you kind of get the point, right? Plus, it just feels weird when we talk about ourselves in this manner. It does. That I have a problem with something, or I feel sad, or I feel angry all the time, or, you know, fill in the blank here. Those can be tough things to say especially when we feel like we need to be strong and masculine, or we have to give off that perception that we don't have any issues, that we're 100% fine. We're the fixers, right? We, We don't have problems. So what are a few things that we can do to make this easier, to help ourselves, I guess, to be able to either deal with it on our own, or be able to open up to people that are there and willing to help? Well, I know that most of us are not going to, at least me, it's hard for me to just like reach out to someone and be like, I need help with this. I need to talk to a therapist. I need to break down and tell you all these things that are going on with my mental health and my brain, right? I have a hard time doing that. So the things I'm going to talk about from here on out mainly are things that we can kind of do on our own, that we can take care of and change to help us be better without letting someone else in. Just because I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of us have a hard time doing that. So that's why I'm kind of going to go this route. So I think the first thing would be identifying what you're feeling and what you're really going through. Are you seeing red flags within yourself? Does that make sense? Are you seeing anger or aggressiveness or irritability or frustration? Or maybe you notice you've started drinking more or you've wanted to drink more to, you know, quote unquote, calm yourself down or to relax or something like that. Maybe you have worries all the time. Maybe you're starting to worry about things all the time. Even thoughts of suicide, like I talked about a minute ago. Now, are these things a pattern? Are they making a pattern? Or is it just an off shitty day and freaking Bilbo at work pissed you off? Or you had a tough day with the kids? Or you're stressing about money? or you had uh, some altercation or a discussion or argument with your wife or your spouse, is it just one of those things that's kind of brought you down, or is it a pattern? Granted, thoughts of suicide should definitely be a red flag. I just want to put that out there. If you're having a pattern of thoughts about suicide, then definitely you need to talk to someone. You need to get some help, right? I mean, if you think that that's the only way to fix your issues then yes that's a red flag but yeah the other ones it can be kind of tough to decipher why you're feeling those things you know also we can't forget that mental health issues can have physical symptoms as well not just mental ones so it can be things like change in appetite it can be digestive issues it could be headaches or trouble sleeping or things kind of in that realm. And those digestive issues can really kind of wreak havoc on your body and kind of go crazy when you're dealing with stress and anxiety and other things like that. It can just kind of cascade into other issues that can be way worse to deal with than just dealing with that stress and anxiety you know it can it can be much worse than that so does that make sense i know i kind of rambled there for a second but yeah i mean i've heard of colitis stuff and bowel problems and you know intestinal problems and digestive problems from a lot of stress and from a lot of mental anxiety stuff like that so yeah the first thing is to identify That you have a problem. I know this kind of sounds like a 12-step program or something like that, but that's what we want to do. No ignoring it, no denying it, no shoving it under the rug. It's coming to terms, saying, hey, you know what? Something is consistently not right here. And then you kind of got to go from there and figure out what that is. And that's what the next step is. That's the next one I have here. And that's educate yourself about the potential mental health conditions that you're experiencing. Google is your friend, man. Check out Google, do some research. Maybe read a book, buy a book. Try to just understand what you're feeling. Familiarize yourself with those symptoms you're having plus other symptoms that you may have. Kind of find some different coping strategies as well. You can check out Mental Health America. I'll link it in the description here. It's where I got a lot of this data from in today's episode. But they have some great resources on there as well as a screening that you can do to find out what you may be struggling with. It's really interesting. They also have professional help and a crisis center too if you need that type of assistance. So just check that out. I also just came across mantherapy.org which also helps with men's mental health and therapy and stuff like that. It seems to come from a place of a little bit, you know, lighter They take a lighter approach to it. So that might be something worth checking out as well. All right, number three, establish a routine. And I know it sounds stupid simple and you've heard it a hundred times, you know, to structure your day and your routine and all that. Boom, you know, mind blown, right? Oh my gosh, Justin, you're telling me some amazing stuff that I've never heard before. Right, I know. But seriously a daily routine that includes normal sleep patterns, which a lot of us probably aren't getting, some self-care in there as well, light exercise, healthy eating, balanced meals, and partaking in other activities you actually enjoy instead of being in that work mode all the time or even being in that parent mode all the time. You know, do some things that you enjoy as well. Just doing some of that stuff will give you a sense of stability and control which will have a positive impact on your mental health because if you don't have somewhat of a routine in life you're going to be stressed out you're going to have anxiety you're probably going to feel like you're wasting time and you're not succeeding at things and you're not getting anywhere in life because you're just constantly spinning your wheels not knowing what to do next or your your brain is bouncing around just trying to put out fires instead of flowing through your routine, okay? It's just going to be a mess. It's just, your life is just going to be a mess. That's one thing I've said too, is people's mental states, I think correlate with how clean they keep their car or how, you know, not necessarily tidy you keep a house because my house isn't tidy and I feel like my mental state's pretty good. But I kind of think there's a little bit of a correlation there. That if you take care of those things, then you're probably going to have a clear mind. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's real. But that's what I think. There's no scientific evidence pointing to this, but that's just my opinion. Also, practicing self-care doesn't have to mean just working out on your fitness and going to a gym all the time necessarily. It doesn't have to mean that. It can be doing activities that you just like to do. But I will say that physical activity is also a really great way to improve your mental health. And like I said, I'm not just talking about weight training and working out in a gym. It can be jogging, it can be swimming, cycling, gardening, even dancing, have all proved to reduce anxiety and depression. And it's caused by exercise-induced increased blood flow to the brain and by the influence of the hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis, which I have no idea what any of that means, but the HPA's axis communication with several regions of the brain, like the limbic system, which controls motivation, mood, as well as the hypo-hippocampus. Hippocampus? Is that right? which plays an important role in memory formation as well as mood and motivation. Now, I'm not trying to sound super smart here. Uh, I'm not. I don't know science, stuff like that. I'm just reading this study from the Library of Medicine, so I don't want you guys to think that I'm all geeking out on science because I don't really know what that means, but maybe some of you will kind of understand it a little bit. But yes, physical exercise reduces anxiety, it reduces depression and negative moods by improving self-esteem and cognitive function. It's important. You know, people always tend to look at exercise and think, oh, it's just a physical thing, it's just a making muscles or getting, losing weight thing, and it's not. It improves sleep, it increases your interest in sex, it gives you better endurance. For in bed or out of bed, I don't know. I'll leave that up to you to decipher, but it also improves mood, it increases energy, and it does many other things. I don't need to keep beating this dead horse, but it's good for you, and I wish more people would understand that. All right, just a couple more here, and then I'll close this out. Monitor and challenge negative thoughts. I thought this was pretty interesting. Pay attention to your thought patterns and challenge those negative or unhelpful thoughts. Then replace them with more positive and realistic perspectives. That makes sense. Instead of always thinking negatively, you kinda flip the switch and you turn those negative thoughts into positive ones. I I kinda like that. I've heard that our minds don't know when we're joking or being sarcastic with ourselves. Have you ever heard this before? I guess they say, which when I say they, I mean social media since that's where I found this, but they say that when we're being sarcastic with ourselves and we have those negative internal thoughts in our head, our brain doesn't know that we're joking. So when we sit there and we call ourselves an idiot or we'd be like, oh, I'm a piece of crap or I suck at this or I should just quit or I'm terrible or I'm no good. Even though we're being sarcastic, our brain starts to believe those thoughts. And then that will have a huge negative effect on our mental health because then we will start to feel like we're a piece of crap and we're no good at it. And that's what our brain will think. And then we'll just keep kind of going down that rabbit hole of negativity. Then I found something else. I was doing a lot of digging on here. So I found something else that's called practicing the three C's for negative thought. Catching the thoughts that are associated with a specific experience or negative emotion, check the thought and reflect on how accurate and useful the thought is, and then change the thought to a more accurate and helpful one as needed. So I thought that was kind of cool. So catch yourself, identify your thinking in a certain way, and then see how beneficial that way of thinking will be. And if it's not beneficial to you, then you change that thought. So I don't know. kind of interesting. It says that you can actually use this with kids as well and teach them those three C's for a better outlook on their lives and less negative self-talk that kids may get too. Lastly, I think this is the last one, is check out some online resources or find groups through social media. Just start searching around and you'll find many different groups out there that have meetings or calls or Zoom meetings or whatever for, for men, for fathers, that want to just better themselves and be there for their families or be better for their families and for themselves. It's actually pretty cool. There's Forging Elite Fathers, which does the fitness stuff. There's the Dad Edge Alliance. And there's another one called the Everymans. Plus, there's a bunch more. So just kind of poke around, start searching, and see what you can find. There's a a lot of different ones out there. It seems to be becoming really popular where people are really kind of banding together, men are really kind of banding together and supporting each other. It's pretty neat. So, if you're anything like me, immediately seeking out a doctor or a therapist may be one of the last steps that we would take. You know, and I know it should really be possibly one of the first steps. We should really freely talk about therapy and how beneficial it is. But it can still be a hard aspect to overcome and to freely talk about. But that option is always there. I mean, self-help strategies really aren't a substitute for professional help. So just kind of keep that in mind. Also, surround yourself with good people. That really does help as well. If you don't, you kind of feel like you're on this island with nothing and no one, and that can make it really, really hard to have a positive outlook on your everyday life, let alone your mental health. So that's another really good thing that you could do there as well. All right, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay Home Dad's podcast. Let's just take care of ourselves. Let's take care of each other. Shine a little light on this month of men's mental health, this month in June and really prioritize ourselves and our mental health. If you have any questions for me or comments for me, please reach out to me either on podbean.com or over on my Instagram account at StayAtHomeDads_Podcast, underscore podcast and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I really would. Also, don't forget, I will be gone for a couple of weeks coming up. So I made a mistake. I thought I was going to be gone this week and I'm not. But next few weeks or a couple weeks at least, I will be gone. So I'll toss up a couple dad classic episodes for you guys to chew on. All right. Thanks again for listening. And I will talk to you all next week.